did you ever have like a music moment or like a breakthrough moment with a student is like, and this is why I keep doing it? Oh, I'm like, oh, I'm about to start crying like, <laughs> okay. Welcome to Black Educators Matter. This is more than a moment. It's a movement. Welcome to episode one of Black Educators Matter, the social enterprise designed to create an ecosystem for black educators globally. On our show, the goal is to share the stories of 500 black educators, where we will celebrate the impact and achievements, learn from the lessons and challenges, and highlight the important roles that educators play in our lives. I'm excited to have two guests with me today. My number one guest, hello. Hi, I'm Blair Savage. Hello, Miss Savage. And what do you teach? Or what um, is your role in education? My role in education is I am a paraprofessional and I teach music as well. So Okay, so we have a paraprofessional and music educator, yes. musician, yes. and teacher. My of name two. is Miss Griffin. <laughs> Hello, Miss um, Griffin. Hello, hi. I am a music educator at Chicago Public Schools. All right, so we have a music, so both of you guys are involved in music education. Yes. Were you all musicians before you got into the schools? Yes. Yes. So how did you get to where you are in education? Let's start with Miss Savage, paraprofessional and music educator. What is a paraprofessional, first of all? Just uh, a paraprofessional is a uh, it's basically like a teacher's aid for special education students. I'm on one-to-one -one paraprofessional, meaning I have a student that I um, support throughout the day. Period. <laughs> okay, so Miss Savage, we'll start with you. Okay. Why do you think that Black educators matter? Um, I think that Black educators matter uh, because Black people matter, and we have to. Even the, we know that we matter, and I think it's our um, as educators, it's our duty to help other young African Americans understand and know that they matter as well. So. We have to be represented in education. Ms. Griffin, why do black educators matter? Black educators matter because we know us better than anybody knows us. Yeah. And because when I was growing up, unfortunately, <coughs> I did not have a lot of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I didn't have a lot of black teachers. I was trying to clean it up. I didn't have a lot of black teachers. So the fact that now there are more black teachers out here is like pretty common now. It it, it affects us in the um, hood, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you all become educators? So you went to HBCUs. For sure. No, you're mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not mad. Tell me more <laughs> about your HBCU experience and how you feel it prepared you to return to like serve black students can i a part of the slack anyway um i how it contributed to my my role now like i when i was growing up my parents they were pretty pro-black but like when i got to college it just like elevated and it, it just made me want to incorporate that into who i am and so, like, 
I wear a lot of African stuff. I wear a lot of stuff that have uh, positive messages about black people on there because, you know, UAPB kind of instilled that in me. It was a beautiful thing to just see black people going to school despite what you hear on TV or the stereotypes that they have. Like, we were actually going and, like, working and studying and everything. My professors, I loved them. I, you know, I was in a band, so, you know, it's just, just culture. It's just a lot of culture being in, being at an HBCU. Yes, I can agree. Um, I also went to an HBCU. I went to the Alabama State University when we teach the class, take notes, you know. Um, anyway, but yeah, it was very nice. I too marched in the band. That's actually how I met Miss Savage because, you know, we share the love of music. Um, and again, like she said, it's just, it's a culture thing. Like living in Chicago, Chicago's pretty segregated. We knew we were black, but it's not like when you go down south and you get the stairs and you see the Confederate flags and it's just a different type of um, knowledge. But the thing, the thing that I think about HBCUs is like, okay, everybody learns the same, kind of the same thing when we're going through individual programs at a PWI or a HBCU, I think at a HBCU. Well, for the most part, like just being surrounded and taught by black people that have been where you've been, it's just a different, I think it's just a different thing. Uh, in that in that aspect, I don't think it has anything to do with academics. For me, it didn't. It, it had nothing to do with academics. It was just like role models, examples of what I could be. So I think that's why it's important for black kids to go to black schools. And you guys talked about like the social emotional benefits of seeing people who look like you and being in a space that was like affirming. How do you take that love and power that you experienced at the HBCU as students and now as teachers bring that to your students in the classroom? Oh, that's a great question. Thank um, you. Thank you. I think for me, um, just, I'll give an example. Like we have this, we had a couple years ago, we had this one dark skinned kid. He was, he was black. You know, he's really, 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 really dark. And um, the kids were, like, calling him black and, like, trying to make fun of him. And I just stopped them, like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Like, look at him. Look at his skin. He's beautiful. Like, black is beautiful. You know, I don't know. You won't uh, be tied down to these stereotypes that you feel like you have to be a part of because you black, you know. Right. I agree. I actually lost my train of thought thinking about what Miss Savage said, but I know it's like her. It's like that you have to remind kids because, again, growing up, I didn't have a lot of black teachers. So if I was having a bad day, it's because I'm bad. Or why do you mm -hmm. have an attitude? You a kid. Mm -hmm. Versus now, you can talk to them and be like, I understand you're having a bad day. I need you to get through this because. Mm -hmm. So it's like, right. yes, they are a kid, but explaining the why. Because when we grew up, it's like, do what I say. I'm the teacher. I'm the grown-up. Like, you shouldn't have nothing to say to me. But we know what that feels like. Right. And it's like, yeah, I'm not having a good day because I'm hungry. And right. I didn't eat anything. 
And we know based off the hierarchy of needs, come on, psychology, come on. that the very basic things you need is food. So, of course, the child isn't going to be in the best mood. You know, like, they can't help the, the fact. But we might know that as educators because we know who we serve. Right. You know, we know the statistics. And we might say, you know what I mean? Go down and grab a breakfast and come back in 10 minutes. Yeah. So and it makes a difference. You have, it sounds like you're saying like empathy and understanding yeah. in order to see past like the surface behaviors that a kid might be displaying yes. to get to like the root cause and to care enough yeah. to get to the root cause. Not just to be like, well, this child is misbehaving. So X, Y, Z It's like what's happening with this child because exactly. you have like that connectedness. When you see oppressive behaviors in kids, like self-hate, like the, how do you address that or try to like correct their behavior so that now that they have come into contact with an adult in the school system who is their teacher, who is teaching them like the soft skills as well as like the, the, the you know, the subject that we're here for, mm-hmm. like how do you try to help them leave changed how do you help them move out of and grow out of those like oppressive behaviors and also even recognize it like how do you help them recognize that me having locks is not a bad thing i think um for me it's easier because i deal with high schoolers and so it's that's why i love high school because you can just come right out and say what you need to say to them and for the most part, they understand, and if they don't understand, they have a bunch of questions to ask you about it. So, in my my experience, is just when I see those type of behaviors, I talk to them and I let them know that people, you know, people expect us to be and act a certain way, mm-hmm. and that we have to rise above that, no matter you know how we might feel. Um, you just have to rise above it and don't. Give them what they're looking for. Surprise them. Surprise yourself by doing something different. So that's how I... My best thing would be to lead by example. Like, I know one student at the new school I'm at, she kind of um, has a reputation. She got kicked out of a previous school, so they brought her to this school. Because this school is really, really good on paper. It's like a level one plus. It's a good school. But, I mean, like, when she got kicked out of the other school, you know, it's like, well, maybe if we put her in this. Anyway, to make a long story short, um, she kind of gravitated to me. And one thing I had to tell her, like, have you ever seen me mad? Have you ever seen me upset? You have no idea. Like, I could be taking care of my sick mama. I'm not, thank goodness. I could have, you know what I mean? Like, 101 things, but that has nothing to do with you guys because you guys deserve a teacher who cares. You all deserve somebody who eludes happiness. And I'm not always saying, like, you know, repress everything, but I'm saying you got to put on your game face. This is just one of many stories, and we want to keep the conversation going. Follow us on Instagram at blackeducators.matter and visit us online at www.blackeducatorsmatter.com. Now, back to our conversation. Your personal talents get to like, how do you get to bring that magic to work? Sure. So, I can give you an example. Um, I'm prepping my kids for Black History Month, the assembly that's coming up. Um, And my 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, their theme is hip-hop. So, of course, I taught them, you know, the uh, main elements of hip-hop and all that. 
and I wanted to teach them like what came before hip hop. Hip hop just wasn't here, it evolved. So I taught them about one of my favorite artists, James Brown. And I had so much fun creating, like, the kids really got into it because I was into it. And I'm like, do you know, this is the most sample artist in all of hip-hop. Like, you will hear his voice on everything. Uh-uh, uh-uh, all these new artists who I don't know who they are. I'm like, Google it when you get home. Google it. Tell me. Tell me. And, of course, they like, oh, yeah, because, you know, the big payback. What you know about the big payback? <laughs> so it was just, like, instilling that kind of... I mean, we got. I have the fun subject music, so I do a lot of my personality, and you know, I throw a lot of my heart in it because I do love James Brown, and I do love what he does for the culture. So just like if you are geeked about it, they gonna be geeked about it. Thanks. Like I mean, I could do the same thing with Beethoven, but it, it don't have that funk, you know. You did project to like real world. What about connecting yes. music to like other subjects? Have they ever like looked at lyrics? Yes. Um, well, with the older kids, because again, this is K through 8, but I always, you know, music is a reflection of the times. Mm -hmm. So when Christmas was around, I had them listen to, um, War is Over, and it's a video, it's a video, um, for the people who are not familiar. War is Over is, like, pretty much saying, like, Merry Christmas, I hope you have fun, but in other parts of the world, it's not Christmas. Like, you got babies fighting in wars and all that. And they saw those, um, they saw those images. And I think, like, the do now was, like, write what you want for Christmas. Jordans. Oh, I want the new iPhone. I want this, this. It's like, okay, cool. Watch this video. It's like, what you think they want for Christmas? They want to know where their family at. Like, they want a warm mint. They want a pair of shoes that fit. Yeah. That don't have holes in them. So, it's, it's that kind of empathy and, like, world knowledge. Like, what's going on right here in Chicago? For us as middle class Americans, it's not going on for everybody else. So just think about that. Yeah. How about you? How do you get to bring your joy and personality? Uh, so through music, uh, I do marching band after school as an after school program for grades 6 through 12. And uh, just bringing the culture of being in an HBCU band for me is like, one of the best memories and the yes. best time that I have yes. had in my whole life. So to bring that experience and like show them videos, different things like that, or just showing them an old picture of me and just letting them know that music can take them where they want to go. Mm -hmm. And so just giving them my testimony, like, because I was a little slacker, you know what I'm saying? So what does slacker mean? For what, me? What's your testimony? How did <laughs> you me? get here? Man, like just an average student throughout like high school like didn't even think I would get a scholarship to college and I got one because my dad made me practice like two hours every day and then I play I I just play my horn like it was just fun what's your instrument clarinet come on clarinet players Squidward squad Wood yeah. <laughs> so yeah so then like when I got to college um you know I was still a little bit of a slacker but band kind of helped me like Marching band is like it's a science, it's a sport, it's a discipline, and so I just tell my students like this. This shows me grit. This shows me perseverance. So like I'm big. So when I was in the band, like I had to do a split. I had to do you know you just doing all kind of outrageous stuff, and I couldn't say I can't do it. 
I had to just practice it until I got it. And so I just tell my students, like, music is a discipline. Like, it, sh it helps you, like, calm yourself and pay attention to detail, which we need in our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, just gets us on track. And it could help you get to wherever you want to go. I tell my students all the time, like, you may not want to be a musician. You may not want to be a music teacher. You might want to uh, be an electrician. They have degrees for that that, like, people go to college. Senior babies to audition um, for HBCU colleges in December, and, like, he doesn't want to be a music teacher, but he definitely wants a scholarship, and he definitely got one to go off into his life, and that's something, like I said, that I preach to them all the time. This is this is your way out of whatever situation you're in, your way to a better situation, or just something new, so... That's how I bring myself to And also, very good, Miss Savage. Also, though, I want to just remind everybody on this Martin Luther King Jr. Day, you know, as yeah. we're celebrating, like, as African-Americans, as Africans in America, you know, couldn't talk, couldn't pray, couldn't speak our native language, we could sing, though. And a lot of those traditions, you know, survive, so. People always talk about that light bulb moment. Did you ever have, like, a music moment or like a breakthrough moment with a student and it's like, and this is why I keep doing this. Uh, so many. So I'm many. like, oh. I'm about to start crying like, uh, okay. Um, as far as, like, as far as my paraprofessional role, my student is considered super low, like on paper, but like every day she like give me something new i'd be like dang this girl really she really smart like and people put her in this box she just learns a little differently and just like being like everybody thinks that special education is slow it is slow but it's just a slower pace not mm -hmm. like that you know yeah. what i'm saying just it's a, a slower, slower pace it's a slower yeah. pace not like, like slow she's still learning yeah she's still learning everything that everybody else learned and so like when I see her struggling, and then she finally gets something, and I'll be like, man, ain't you proud of yourself? And she be like, yeah. It's like, nah, aren't you proud of yourself? Yeah. But on, like on the music side, a couple months ago, um, one of my students, she has, she had, she was known to have terrible attendance. And uh, we, it was this contest that the school wanted us to do. Uh, and you, like, represent your talent and can win, like, $2,000 or something like that. Can I join? Uh, <laughs> none of the kids did it, but anyway. But um, I asked her, would she be willing to, like, to enter the contest? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, how can you use your talents as a way to win? And she said, well, I could say something about how much music I love music. And I'm like, well, tell me, like, how much do you love music? And she was like... If it wasn't for marching band, I promise you I wouldn't even be coming to school half the time. And I just was like, can I curse? I was like, damn, like, you, this, like, and I'm one of the reasons that you come here. Because I show up, and it's like Ms. Griffin said, like, when they see you into it yeah. and they see you involved in it, that makes their, um, what do you call it? It makes commitment. their commitment. Yeah, it makes them want to yeah. do it more. So it was just like, it really brought a tear to my eye because I'm like, I was a kid who was made to go to school. So, you know, I don't know about, like, I know about not wanting to go to school, 
but I know I still had to go. So it was different when you have it's different when you have the option to stay at home and you like I got marching band today and it's super fun. So I'm gonna go to school. So that was and then fun. you got to do good so that to you stay can in stay the band, right? Band. It's like, yeah. You have like and then people recognize you as a leader because it's amazing how kids find yeah. their light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's amazing when grown-ups help kids find it. Like, it's yeah. super special when, like, your friends help you find your light. But it's also, like, incredible when someone, an adult, sees something in you that you didn't see in yourself and that yeah. you didn't know was possible. Mm-hmm. That's why I love black teachers. What about <coughs> you, Miss um, Griffin? What are your... So, I have so many really, really good memories, which is why... I stay in this cursed profession with all the strikes and political strikes. Oh, we can talk about the the strikes (laughs) another day because I definitely want to hear because both of you guys went through a strike. Yes. And you went through two strikes. In one year. In one year. (laughs) My lord. Two strikes. So we'll talk about that another episode. So off the top of my head, a few years ago, I worked at the school and a student was a selected mute. She did not talk. Like Mm -hmm. her teachers just knew. It was just one of those like, oh, yeah, she don't talk. Well, she did talk. And who was the first teacher? She asked, but I don't think nobody wants to hear what I had to say. She said Aww. something really heartbreaking. I'm like, I want to hear everything you had to say. Right. And she started, because she was more of a drawer. She did her work, but she was a, she used to draw. And she, like for a week straight, she just came down after school every day. I'm like, okay, I got to go. But she <laughs> came down. She told me like this Japanese anime, da 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 And then eventually it went from talking to talking loud. Right. To singing, right, right, and yeah. the homeroom teacher was like, "I'm." She was in like seventh grade. She was like, "She came here in fifth grade. She didn't talk. How do you have her singing now?" And I'm just like, "You know, I mean, I hate to brag, some but people got it. some people got it. You know, <laughs> you, you got what you don't. You do, you don't." Right. And this was years ago, and she actually had a really good voice. Um, so that will probably uh, be one of my top moments because it was just one of them things that you accept. Like, oh, yeah, she don't talk. Right. So don't call on her for no class discussion. You know she ain't going to say nothing. But you that mean that, though, just because she don't talk. Don't call her. Exactly. Right. So, like, y'all really got superpowers. The last question that I have for you, Miss Savage, mm-hmm. who is a black teacher that you want to thank? Dang, and I just thank all of them. But um, I'm going to give a shout out to Mr. Henry, uh, my band director in high school, because uh, he actually, like, one day I was just in there practicing, and he's like, hey, you got a talent for this. And I was like, for real? And he, like, started having me come after school and just, like, playing and, like, helping me learn the, the range of my instrument. Then he brought the band directors from UAPB there and that's how I got the scholarship so I just want to say thank you to Mr. Henry. I understand your struggles now being a music uh, band director and like how crazy kids are and like how you just have to keep going so and we drove him crazy Uh, like for real and he he kept coming back and so thank you Mr. Henry. You know, I was trying to, to narrow it, but I think I'm even Blair. I had a high school band director, Mr. Doherty, and Mr. Doherty was awesome. He's the one that let me take the trumpet home. I taught myself how to play trumpet because I was on flute, and I was like the only one. I couldn't be hurt in marching band. He let me take it home over the summer. He gave me inspiration, and it was something special about the way he ran Morgan Park, um, you know, home of the Mustangs, because it was really... 
it was like kid driven and the teachers say that all the time like let the kids do yeah. the work and the way that we worked at sectionals and what he just made sure everything was smooth and he had a bad memory now that i think <laughs> about it and i have a bad memory but mr doherty he he instilled a sense of pride in us he was real cool but he also made sure we was ready, you know, for the performances. So I was sad when he left and he retired and we got a new one. But that's another story. Uh, <laughs> shout out, Mr. Doherty. I remember everything you taught me. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Savage. Thank I'm on, you will thank a black teacher. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, if I had to thank a black teacher, uh, I would say I'm going to thank my dad. He okay, was a yeah, driving yeah. instructor. Girl. He was. And Rick, have you ever met an adult an adult that can't parallel park? No. Have you met any grown up that does not know how to parallel park yes. or doesn't know how to merge or doesn't know how to drive? Just any yes. of those things. Uh, yeah. I remember I told my dad once, like, thank you for teaching me how to parallel park. It was the most important thing you ever taught me. And he <laughs> thought I was being sarcastic. But I'm like, no, brother, I can get anywhere. Me too. I can get in and out, brother. Like, this is a skill. So, for today, I'm going to say, as a driver, I am thankful that I had a driving instructor who really taught me and was patient because that can be a really scary thing. So, for all of our black, for all of our educators, especially all of our black educators, you matter. Your experience matters. And it was and it always will be worth it. So thank you guys. All right. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Black Educators Matter. Remember, make excellence equitable and thank a black teacher today.